Welcome to the What Moves Us podcast. I'm Natalie Reyna, a dancer and mover with a master's degree in clinical psychology and founder of Reyna Movement, an organization that teaches people tools to slow the motion of their lives and reconnect to their bodies. Join me as I talk with ordinary people finding extraordinary healing by connecting to their bodies through different types of movement. My mission is to spread the message that tuning into our body is not only accessible, but key to our mental health and healing journeys. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the last episode of season two of What Moves Us. This is your host, Natalie Reyna, and usually I would say I'm so excited to bring you another story of ordinary people finding extraordinary healing, but today I'm going to be doing a wrap-up episode and sharing a little bit of my own movement history with you all. So I'm super excited to jump into that. And before I uh, get into my own story, I just wanted to give a huge shout out to each of the guests who came on to my show this season. Um, It's been super incredible, and I'll definitely be touching on some of their stories and lessons and experiences as I move through this episode. So as I was preparing for this last episode of the season, I was looking back and kind of thinking about different themes that were coming up across multiple of the guest episodes. A few that stood out to me just off the bat were a lot of talk about community, about being self-assured and comparing yourself to only yourself, not to the people around you. So we're definitely going to integrate those as we um, get into my story. So as always, I am going to start by sharing a little bit of my own grounding practices. Um, So for me, what I use to ground is music. That has always been my go-to to to the point even when I was growing up, if there was like music playing in the background um, that I, it was really hard for me to like focus on other things. And still, if you know me, that is a thing that happens. So music Um, is kind of a means for for me to get present in my body. When I hear music, anything with a beat, it just makes me feel very present and connected to the moment. So um, before before I start recording podcasts, before I do job interviews, a lot of times, um, you know, anything that kind of makes me nervous, I love to blast my music and just kind of get into my body in that way. Uh, It helps me connect to what I'm feeling. It helps me like shake out some of the nerves. um, And it definitely like brings me into a calmer headspace, (laughs) which for those of you who know me, um, know that I have a ton of energy and need that grounding a lot. So um, this was kind of a recent discovery of mine is that I realize that I'm always playing music and I think it's because I always like need that grounded portion for myself. I need that like kind of body awareness and presence that comes from having music going. Um, so that's been kind of like a funny realization for myself and uh Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're feeling, you know, not super present, throw on some music, get some dancing going um, and just connect to the environment around you, Um, which is very similar, actually, to Mike in his episode. He shared a very similar kind of thing that his love of movement actually stems from loving um, music and connecting to it in that way. And so I definitely like identify with that. (laughs) 
And just to throw a little bit of psychoeducation on this, um, basically we have you know, our nervous system, right? And so we have the autonomic nervous system, which is responsible for all the things that we don't think about. So like our heartbeat, our um, hunger, our um, like sexual drives, our um, survival modes. And so sometimes when the body like kind of gets overwhelmed, um, having a consistent beat and rhythm actually works to soothe like that nervous system, um, kind of dysregulation. So I think that's a, a big part of it too, is that generally I'm, I'm a little bit of like a, an anxious and kind of all over the place person. And so having that consistent beat, I think helps me feel grounded and reconnect to the present reality. So there you go. I'm sure I'll get more into that <laughs> as we go through this episode. So jumping into my story, um, I grew up in Palmdale, California. So it's a small desert town, just about an hour north of Los Angeles. I grew up with both parents in the home and my amazing brother, who I'm going to shout out right now because he's working hard and always supports and listens to me when I am, you know, going through my stuff. So got to show the love. But um, yeah, so grew up um, my household was pretty normal. You know, I was lucky to get to do all the activities I wanted to do. Um, we would often go to the beach growing up. We would go to Disney and Universal a lot. And we played outside a lot. My brother and I were always outside. We had a whole neighborhood crew that we would, you know, go play kickball with and bike around and skate and um, baseball, you know, all the activities, just running around being outside. So I think from a young age, just connecting to movement has always been something that was really important and impacted just like how I am able to like soothe myself and, and kind of get through life, you know, really enjoying being outside. And and so when I think back to it, like that was kind of the first community I think that I was a part of and it was through movement right and so in like Simone's episode and in um in I think it was like Nicole's episode uh, quite a few people mention Simon's episode you know having the importance of community and having people around that kind of share those common interests um and so that kind of started from a young age for me that like I was finding people that were interested in, in, you know, the fun movement stuff that like I was interested in. And so that was like a nice way for us to connect. And yeah, but um, I also danced from a young age. So of course, I was like in the little combo classes, you can imagine baby Nat with her little tutu on, you know, <laughs> doing the tap and ballet and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and I ended up stopping for a couple years, but then in the second grade, I actually was diagnosed with scoliosis and the doctor told me not to do gymnastics because that was really bad for your back, but he encouraged ballet. So, um, I got re-enrolled in two dance classes. Um, there was a short stint of karate in there before I decided I wanted to dance again. And, um, so then I started back up with my classes and I was in jazz and, um, tap and ballet. And then I remember one day going into the studio, uh, for, we were doing like our recital practice and I saw these girls who had costumes that looked comfortable. And I was like, what class are they in? And it turns out that it was hip hop. And so I, you know, 
I maybe vaguely knew what hip hop was. I didn't really. But what I really cared about was the comfortable looking costumes. I just like was tired of wearing sequins and like stuff that itched. You know, I wanted the pants and the t-shirt and like whatever. And so that was kind of my first exposure and interest in um, hip hop, which is now, you know, a lot of people, if you don't know me, um, hip hop is like my main love and what I really enjoy doing. And yeah, so, so that was like my first exposure. Um, and so that love of hip hop and dance kind of carried through um, high school and, you know, it's funny because I think a lot of people look at me now and they don't really realize, like, I faced a lot of rejection from, like, the dance world. And that really influenced how I view myself as a dancer and my ability to dance and whatnot. So starting in middle school or whatever, high school, I um, auditioned for the dance team and made it on the dance team, but didn't make it onto like the more, you know, quote unquote, elite, whatever, song girls team. I was an alternate and th- I trained with them through the summer and then they ended up putting me on. So I kind of was, uh, and there were some other dance classes at my studio that I had auditioned for and like didn't get into and whatnot. And um, so that kind of started forming this like separate, like, uh, like, I don't know if I can dance, but I really like it. So I'm going to keep doing it, you know, (laughs) so dance throughout high school. And I didn't realize at the time, but you know, there was kind of a lot of stuff going on at home. My parents were getting divorced and there was a lot of tension. And I think in some ways, my subconscious like kept me going to dance all the time. Like I was always at the school. I was always like creating dances with friends, always collaborating and moving my body. Um, And, you know, at the time, I don't think I really realized, I don't think I connected that like those were related. (laughs) But I think as I look back, um, dance really helped me in a lot of ways to like express myself and to share, you know, my feelings and experiences. Um, because I didn't really like have words for it, you know, like I always felt like I wanted to be the friend who was okay and to not have anybody like worrying about me, which, you know, I think in a lot of ways kept me from having like the deep and vulnerable relationships that I like wanted. And you know, what's funny is like, even I had a thought, I remember in second grade thinking that like, if I tell other people like what's happening in my life, then they're going to worry about me. And they're not going to tell me what's happening in their lives. Like I kind of felt like I needed to be there for everybody. And so it ended up kind of putting me into this funny place where like, now that I look back, it's like, oh my gosh, all of my friends were like going through so much, you know, like I've made a joke now that all my high school crew, we all have like daddy issues, like something has gone wrong, you know, in our family or like a lot of my friends come from like a divorced home or like a family with addiction or, um, you know, all like mental health stuff that's going on at the house or with their with themselves or whatever. Like, so it's funny to look back that like, I felt like I couldn't share what I was going through. But like, we were all literally going through so much of the same thing, you know, so many of the kids in my classes and and in my friend group and in band and you know, and every all the activities I was involved in, everybody was like going through it. And like, nobody really talked about it. And so I think in a lot of ways, like we were all kind of using, 
you know, dance or color guard or playing instruments or whatever. Like <laughs> that was just the, the scene that I was involved in in high school. Um, but that was like our means of like processing what was happening and expressing like what was happening in our lives, um, which yeah, now looking back is like so funny. It's like everybody was going through something and nobody was talking about it. <laughs> so I think a lot of my own kind of um, struggles I held on to and were, you know, subsequently expressed with dance. And I don't know if I fully realized that at the time, but like, oh my gosh, isn't it incredible? Like our bodies just if we can tune into them, know like what you need and how you can express yourself and like move through those emotions, right? Like I was so lucky to have um, a family that supported me like getting into dance. And so, yeah, as uh, I moved forward and decided to go to college, I auditioned for dance majors at three different schools and got denied from all of them. And it was heartbreaking, but I decided to go to UC Santa Barbara because they I liked their dance program and what they kind of had to offer. So um, I ended up auditioning, you know, three different times before I got into the major, which I <laughs> at the time it was like I was just so determined. I was like so annoyed that someone thought that they could tell me that like I didn't know how to dance just because I wasn't like super formally trained you know like I hadn't been a ballerina since I was like two or whatever um and I ended up auditioning my third time with a hip-hop piece and they put me into the major so that was kind of cool and I was like always really like proud that I was able to like stick to my roots and what made me proud um to get into that major but I ended up not finishing it because I would have had to stay an extra year and I was like nah like I just wanted to prove to you all that like I can dance and that I deserve to be here just as much as the other people so yeah um I don't know where that determination came from <laughs> but it does remind me of Eric's episode where he talks about being, you know, a skateboarder and having that love and drive and passion and always returning to it, like, regardless of his family, what they think about it or whatever society thinks about it. And so, um, you know, where that determination comes from, I have no idea. <laughs> I think I have just always loved dance and have always been passionate about it and knew that I needed to have dance in my life, like every day, if possible. <laughs> Also during that time, I was fortunate enough to meet my best friend who happened to be on an episode this season, Bruno, and um, he was the first person that I really felt comfortable kind of like expressing all of my doubts to and all of my kind of worries and emotions and frustrations. Like, uh, I don't know what it was, but it was something about like how he listened and like made me feel really heard that I was able to like start to acknowledge that I had emotions that I was not comfortable expressing to other people. I think he was the first person that I ever really like cried in front of um, <laughs> that like because I uh, up until that point I had always like just pretended to be okay. But once I got to college I was just feeling like very lost and confused and I didn't know if I even wanted to be there and he was able to um, be like the first real connection that I had in like an emotional way um you know going back to like those vulnerable kind of conversations and relationships that I was looking for and I didn't realize that like I 
you know, (laughs) that was kind of the first time that I realized like, oh, like I have to be open and vulnerable if I want people around me to be open and vulnerable. And like, actually that makes me feel a lot closer and a lot more supported rather than like, I'm just the therapist, you know, in the group, which yeah, I'll get into that (laughs) to my decision becoming a therapist later. So Uh, Up to this point, I have been talking about how dance really kind of helped me express my emotions, but I hadn't really made that connection for myself. Like that, that realization didn't come until later in life, like way later in life. So yeah, that, so everything that I'm saying, just like keep that in mind. I was not aware that I was expressing myself. Um, So I, while I was connecting to my body, I wasn't connecting to my emotions. And sometimes I think dance became an escape and a way for me to kind of avoid like feeling things. So as I got through college, um, my dad started not doing very well. Um, He just kind of, you know, was unable to take care of himself and was moved into a nursing home. So throughout college, I was helping, you know, do his kind of care stuff, um, going back and helping him move, you know, calling every day, making sure he was good and just doing that whole kind of check-in thing. And so when it came time to graduation, my, um, I, looked for jobs in Los Angeles. It wasn't working. I ended up finding a job with AmeriCorps, which moved me up to San Francisco. And so basically in that program, I made zero money. I made very little money and was, you know, um, working 40 hours a week. I ended up getting part-time jobs as well. And I was on a really intense dance company, um, all while part of a long distance relationship. So navigating a lot, it felt like as I look back now, I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't have time to feel anything. And dance at that time kind of became really intense, like in a way that I did not expect it to. Um, I ended up joining my dream dance company, which just so happened to be right in the city that I was moving to. And um, so Academy of Villains, uh, Sam and Nicole were on this season and they kind of shared their experiences with it. Um, But it was a really intense dance program, um, dance company where we were meeting, you know, three times a week from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. And then more when it was like hell weeks or show weeks, um, you know, long stints of time where we would have to travel and go to Los Angeles for shows and whatnot. So it was a lot. There was a lot going on, you know, on top of having a job that didn't pay me that much and working part-time roles and being part of a long-distance relationship. It was a lot. Everything was piling up. And so I was not, like I said, connecting my emotions, even though I was very embodied and I felt very comfortable to be able to connect in that way. I wasn't connecting to my emotions. Like dance kind of became an avoidance for me. Um, So during that time, um, and my brother was in the military too. So, and he was far away. But so during that time, there was just like a lot happening in my personal life. Like my dad was on the decline. My mom was going through through her own stuff. And my brother was also going through his own stuff, you know? And so I felt that I was kind of the connecting piece, like trying to hold everybody together and hold everybody's mental health like intact. And you know, and so to, in order to avoid like feeling anything, I like 
jam-packed my schedule because I knew that the moment I slowed down, I would break down and I did not want to feel that. So I was just like, no, I'm going to, you know, pack my schedule. I'm going to meet up with friends. I'm going to do this really intense, intense dance company. I'm going to be part of, um, you know, a service organization that it's like full time. And so I just like really packed my schedule. Um, so, you know, as I look back on that time of my life now, like even as I'm talking about it, I can feel like my heart rate kind of go up. I can like feel in my body just like the constant go, 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 like nonstopness of that time. And eventually, um, you know, my dad ended up passing away and my mom moved to Oregon and my brother was coming back from the Marines. And so there was just like a lot that was going on um, in between that. Like I had to go help you know, pack up my dad's stuff and move him to a different place. And there, there was just like so much going on. And I was in survival mode. And it's so interesting. Um, now, that you know, once you're on the other side of things, it's like, oh, my gosh, you could see with so much clarity. And what I kind of was realizing, especially as I decided to go into a graduate school program, was that I was kind of living life in survival mode. I wasn't allowing myself the space and time to kind of like grieve and to feel like the complex emotions that I was experiencing because I was, you know, the little kid in me, the little second grader that was like, I can't let anybody else know what's going on. Um, that, that was like coming up for me in a very strong way because there were so many really intense things that were happening at that time. And I definitely felt like I was kind of disconnected from myself in a way, but also doing a lot of things that I was really passionate about and cared about. So there was this like really kind of intense duality that was going on. Um, and so to pull it back for a second um, to Academy of Villains, there was one thing, one saving grace that I think was a really huge moment for me and um, basically our director would like get kind of obsessed with like certain ideas or concepts and whatnot. And so a couple months after my dad passed away, he ended up getting obsessed with the idea of like expressing yourself and expressing your emotions. And like, oh my God, oh my God I'm even choking up just thinking about that time. But um, so every day for a month or every rehearsal for a month, we would come in and there wouldn't be any choreography. It would all be self-expression um it would be a lot of exercises geared towards like tapping into your emotions and expressing yourself and like really like connecting to and expressing your emotions through movement and that honestly became like a huge saving grace for me because I think I cried every rehearsal <laughs> for like a month um oof, even as I even as I think about it I'm just like it was so intense and um so I think like that was like a huge like light in, you know, an otherwise pretty problematic company, really. <laughs> um, the fact that like I did have the space there to grieve and to like think about my life up to that point, um, still not expressing with words, but able to connect a little bit more to the emotions that I was feeling in my body, you know, um, so pretty cool and intense experience and now as I have you know a little bit better of an understanding of like the importance of feeling your emotions in your body just like it's amazing how 
that like that just fell into that time of my life like when I needed it the most um and it's so hard to like put into words like what that did for me but it was super super impactful and super helpful in my grieving process so in that time I was just realizing like how important dance is to me and the amazing capabilities that it has to like help people heal that's when I had the first inklings of like maybe I could do dance therapy um because while that was happening and I got a lot of healing out of that month um a lot of the times I was being told that like I wasn't clean enough that I didn't that I couldn't dance that you know I was getting staged in the back and you know all those things pointed to myself uh pointed to making myself feel like I wasn't a good dancer So it felt like a very similar awakening to Elisa in their episode when they talk about finding dance as, you know, a super healing means of connecting to emotions and being able to express those emotions in a healthy way and whatnot. So, um, yeah. And all this, I think, connects back to the idea of the self-assuredness that I was talking about at the beginning of the episode, where... You know, I used to have this like really awesome kind of like, okay, I'm going to do this no matter what, da, da, da. And then as I like went through all these different phases and different, you know, exposures to different dance companies and rejection and blah, 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 I kind of lost that for myself. So um, yeah, I'll get to that. But, you know, working on building that back up and whatnot. But that was a a big time that kind of contributed to that, um, those feelings of like not being able to be self-assured. So yeah, that kind of, after being on that dance company for a few years, um, you know, moving jobs. So instead of being an AmeriCorps volunteer, I became a site director and was running around still, but a lot calmer schedule because I didn't have to be on, on campus or anything, which was really nice. Um, my partner at the time, uh, got accepted to a PhD program and was going to move back South to start that. And that was kind of my opening my opportunity to move to Los Angeles, which I had always wanted to do. And so we ended up traveling around Mexico. We volunteered at the border and then went on this like three long, three week long adventure. And then after that, uh, I moved to Venice and, and at the time it was a lot of figuring out. Um, so my, my dance company had another branch down here in Los Angeles, And I was so back and forth on whether or not I should join the company. And I was like so conflicted. And the story I was telling myself after I left that company was that I couldn't dance and that I couldn't dance professionally. Like I thought I couldn't make it in the industry um, because their training was so intense. And they said that that was the only way to do it and blah, 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 blah. Um, Very culty kind of vibes. (laughs) Um, So... In the meantime, I picked up a job part-time at this place called Stretch Lab and working with my brother from another mother, my brother's best friend, Oliver, as a receptionist. And so uh, through there, I got exposed to a lot of different like people that were kind of in the movement field. And I ended up meeting this one woman who I call my mentor now, Stephanie. And I was talking to her about this dance company and she's like, well, you know, that doesn't really seem like a good fit. And so you know, and she was a professional dancer and she had gone to UC Santa Barbara and had all the same professors that I had and blah, blah, blah. So it was just like a kind of soul connection moment there. And um, 
So then I was telling her about being a dance movement therapist, like like that would be something that I would be interested in. And she's a somatic, um, a somatic therapist. And she was like, okay, if you want to do that, like, this is my advice for you, like get a master's degree, get licensed, because then, you know, you have some more credibility and you can make more money and blah, blah, blah. So that kind of like kicked off my thinking about going to grad school. At the same time, I met a woman named Natalie, who was one of the like flexologists, one of the people who stretched people at Stretch Lab, and she was super into the calisthenics scene um, at Venice. And growing up, it had always been a dream. I always saw people on the bars, and I was like, that would be so cool to like you know be one of those people. And she was one of those people. So, uh, so she invited me and a couple other people out, and we got to go you know to the pit at Venice Beach, and it was amazing. Uh, Everybody was so nice and everybody worked so hard and was so humble. And it was such a vast difference between the environment that I had just been a part of and, you know, like seeing all these people who were capable of these like really like, oh my gosh, inhuman, you know, kind of things. Uh, And to be so humble and kind and welcoming. And, you know, I have never been one to like be huge on like strength training. Like I would go to the gym and stuff, but like pull-ups and push-ups and all that kind of stuff. Like it was always a struggle for me. And so finding that community really impacted like what I thought was possible in terms of like working hard and being in a positive environment. Because coming from the dance company I was on, it was like so negative and it was so like punitive and, you know, literally doing 400 burpees a night because whatever, we didn't post a flyer or something like it's just like shenanigans. So um, so being around people who were positive and happy and were able to work extremely hard and be the masters of their crafts and still be so humble was like really like my brain didn't understand it at first. Um, So if you listen to Garrett's episode, he kind of talks about like the vibes there. Um, Did I, I don't know if I had any other, other, other Venice crew on, Um, but anyways, yeah. So um, my brain was kind of getting opened in new ways and I, it was really good for me because I was, you know, in stuck in a pattern of just like really moving, 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 going, going, going. And, um, kind of overwhelming myself in a lot of ways. And so moving to Los Angeles, it was an opportunity to like connect to a new community, find new passions. um, And yeah, just kind of um, reset a little bit. Didn't end up joining the company down here, thank God. Um, And then the pandemic hit and everything shut down, everything slowed down. And so that was a really good opportunity for me. Like I had to slow down. I couldn't, you know, keep pushing through all these feelings and emotions that I like was avoiding. And, you know, it was, it was a really like impactful time in my life um, that really has shaped the, (laughs) the direction of my life in a lot of ways. And so pandemic hit, it was really hard. Um, You know, my partner and I were kind of like going through it at that point. Um, just because, you know, distance and we weren't sure if we could see each other and blah, 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 whatever. 
So I decided to apply for grad school and I got in to Antioch University at Santa Barbara. And, you know, I don't know who decides to go to graduate school during a global pandemic, but I did. And looking back, it's like, maybe I just like the, the rest was too much for me to handle. Like, I didn't feel like I deserved to like be still and to just just work you know um I felt like I was kind of stuck in my life and not really sure what I was doing and I was like okay well I have to make a decision to do something so you know in two years I could have a degree and that you know whatever so ended up doing that started grad school um for clinical psychology so that I could go the alternate route to get a dance movement therapy license and little did I know that therapists have to get therapy while they're in school. Hello. I was like, what? Because I had never gone to therapy. I didn't want to go to therapy because I knew that I would break down. And that's just not like who I was. And I spent, you know, whatever. In grad school, we had like our uh, our buddies that we would practice with. Uh, and I forget what it's called right now. But So every day uh, or every session with one of my cohort mates, we would pretend to be therapists with each other. And I would cry literally every single time about how I didn't want to go to therapy and how I was so scared about therapy and that I, um, yeah, I didn't know what would be uncovered or what I would be feeling. And so like, I knew that like, (laughs) I, I guess by that point, I knew I was kind of like holding stuff in. And I was really afraid of like what was going to come out if I allowed it to. So, you know, got through the first quarter, ended up making the appointment for the therapist and she was whack. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, this isn't it. But then I ended up founding this really incredible somatic practitioner who, so for those of you who don't know, somatics is basically mind-body connection. And so it's working on, you know, bringing the kind of more intellectualized part of yourself and connecting it to the body and the feelings and the emotions. Um, A lot of kind of imagery, um, a lot of like cues, including the body. And so that was exactly what I needed. And this guy was amazing. And I was able to kind of, I remember the first session I was like bawling and I was talking about my heart felt like, um, like a tangled necklace chain, just like everything was kind of like, like in a ball and like, you know, really hard to untangle and kind of just like hard and cold, Um, which is wild, you know, because for those of you who know me, like I am this like really like outgoing and positive, optimistic person. But like on the inside, I just felt this like disconnect, you know, where I was just like, I don't I don't really understand why. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, now I understand why. It's because, like, there was so much going on, um, so much untangling and trying to figure out, like, yeah, whatever. So did that. Um, ended up going through my graduate school program. Um, during that time, also, I ended up breaking up with my long-term partner, and that was heartbreaking. Um, you know, going to therapy kind of forced me to look at things in a different light and and face the truth about myself. You know, I think part of what I was doing was just like not acknowledging things that I wanted and needed in my life. And so going to therapy, it's like I couldn't pretend like I couldn't hide it um, from myself mainly, which I think throughout my life, I had done a good job of like pretending that I didn't want certain things or that I did want certain things or whatever. And um, 
not able to like identify those things for myself because I was like hiding them, you know? Uh, so that's one piece of it. And then the other piece was like being able to communicate and to think about like, okay, like this is what I need and this is like how we can achieve it or whatever in multiple aspects of my life. I always, you know, kind of defaulted to being easy and not really speaking up or using my voice. And so that was a a big transformation for me when I realized that like, oh, like I can take up space and I can use my voice and I can ask for things and do things and, you know, uh, that I want to be doing. And so that was like a big revelation for me. So that time period was just like really a lot for me. Um, But I was super grateful because I had my new Venice Beach community and everybody was super encouraging and like so in their feelings. Like everybody, if they were having a bad day, you know, you it doesn't matter like what kind of day you're having when you have like a community like that. So because I would there would be days I would go out and just like cry and like my dear friend Gio, who is my first interview, who I would love to re-interview because it was so short and I didn't know what I was doing. But he you know, was there for me. Um, and, and he was, oh, he was open and vulnerable with me too. So I think like just finding that community, it really helped me to see like, oh, like there are communities where, you know, however you're feeling, like you don't have to pretend like you can just be and people will be around you. And if you want to talk to them, they're cool with it. If you don't want to talk to them, they're also cool with it. Like it was just like a really impactful experience for me. Um, so yeah, so I ended up, um, so that was over the pandemic. Hello. Uh, and because I had been exposed to that community before the pandemic started, I was really interested in like learning handstands. And so that became my pandemic goal was to learn how to do a handstand, which, uh, I did. And so that was really, you know, a cool movement goal that was like outside of something that I, I had made that decision for myself. Like I wanted to learn the handstand, so I'm going to learn the handstand. And I think for so long, especially with like my dance stuff, because I was on that really intense company, like my goals were kind of dictated to me of like what I thought I wanted and whatever. Um, That's kind of like a a very black and white way of saying it. It's very nuanced. But yeah, that I made that decision and was able to make it come true. And so that was like a really cool experience for me and to be surrounded by an awesome community that like, you know, helped me um, achieve that goal was super helpful during that time. So, um, so I ended up graduating with my master's degree and I took a year off. I, I have always like, (laughs) so now we're getting to the present. Oh my gosh, this went so fast. It's such a like wild overview. But, um, so we ended up going, um, we. So I ended up moving to New York for a year because I wanted to learn how to dance and do, you know, uh, just get connected into the New York dance culture. Um, But also it was like a chance for me to acknowledge and realize these dreams that I have had for myself for a really long time. So like since high school, I've always known I just want to travel, dance and help people. Like those are the things that in life I want to accomplish. And for so long, I denied like certain parts of myself because I was trying to fit into like what other people wanted from me or what I thought society wanted from me or something. And so after I got my master's degree, I finally felt secure enough to 
go after the things that I wanted, um, that I wasn't acknowledging that I wanted and didn't think that I could like reach. And it's really interesting because like, I think in a lot of ways, I had a lot of those opportunities presented to me, but I couldn't recognize them for what they were because I was so stuck in survival mode. I was so stuck in trying to make the money so that I could stay in the apartment, you know, holding my family together, um, thinking about like what other people wanted for me and like not really allowing myself to think I could even attain those things. Um, you know, so not, it was like psychological, but it was like financial. It was all these things that I, I just didn't think that I had access to those kind of experiences. And so after I got my master's degree, I felt, you know, finally comfortable to be like, you know what, like I have been doing all of these things that other people want me to do and I'm going to do what I want to do. So I took a year and drove across the country. I took two weeks to drive across to New York um, and I had a beautiful friend, Steph, who let me stay with him for an extended period of time. And I got to slow my life down. I was literally living in the middle of a forest and or the woods. And I had never done that. I never thought I would love something like that. And it was amazing. Like I could do things on my own schedule. I had the space to kind of think about what I wanted and you know, decided like (laughs) to start this podcast and to start Reina Movement and to do all these things that like I didn't think that I could do. And, and I did them um, because I had the space to like breathe because I had the time and because I felt like I was good to take the space that I needed, you know, in a way that I didn't think that I could. So it was really transformative and impactful. And um, I'm so grateful to the people who were able to support me in that. So Steph and Anthony, like you guys don't have any idea like how much that meant to me. Like, yeah, so it was it was really, yeah, influential time. And then again, going back to Bruno, we ended up traveling uh, in Peru for seven weeks. And that was like a whole experience in itself where I was connecting to like different experiences and emotions. And I was like able to practice my Spanish and we danced and had like good food. And that just kind of like helped me reset into like, okay, like, what do I want for my life? Like, how am I going to achieve it? And something that's kind of interesting about like psychology is like when you get out of your normal routines, right? when you are able to get into a different environment, when you're able to break off into like a new space that allows for new neural pathways to form and new neural connections um, in order to kind of question like what has already been in in a specific path. And so what's interesting is that like during that time, I had also hired a business coach. So Kat, shout out to my girl, you know, I love you, um, who really helped me to understand that like these different kind of experiences weren't wrong or bad and that they actually contribute to like creating a new map for yourself, a new way to like approach looking at like what your life can look like. And so yeah, um, so <laughs> after all that, you know, coming back, I uh, I was in Peru for seven weeks and then I traveled in Colombia by myself, which I absolutely loved and then met with my best friend, 
Jackie and Greece. And that was all amazing and all really kind of mind opening in a way that I didn't really understand it could be, you know. So, yeah, um, wrapping it all up, bringing it all together, you know, traveled back across the country for a month um, with Bruno again. And then we and, and now I'm living in Los Angeles. And so to bring all that together, um, movement at this time for me is really a way to to connect to myself and to release emotions and connect them to my body. Um, so when I'm feeling like sad, you know, I'd love to go skate and um, just like inhale the fresh air and listen to my music. And when I'm feeling upset, you know, same thing or when I'm happy, like I, I have these like avenues and ways to express myself that like are so much more connected than they were when I was younger. And so, so yeah, um, what a journey it's been. It's all this realization and all this learning, just like really, I'm excited now that I see a different way of being and that like, it's okay to slow down. Like Garrett's episode, you know, he talks about like moving at a pace that feels good for you. Like, and I'm realizing that that pace for me is not at the pace that like our society wants, you know, like (laughs) as Mike goes on with his, um, in his, in his episode talking about capitalism and how, you know, all this kind of like forced productivity and, um, I want to be productive in a way that feels good and that feels ethical and feels like it's contributing to a vision that I see for like a better world. And, We can't do that if we're moving at a million miles a minute, right? Like we have to figure out how to take space for ourselves. We have to figure out how to find those moments throughout our day where we can like take a deep breath and like connect to what we're feeling because like that's our ultimate guide is like our feelings and our, so when we're like, you know, taught that we have to be productive, like we learn to ignore those signals from our bodies. And there's this incredible nerve called the vagus nerve that is literally like when you say you have a gut feeling about something like you do, your body knows stuff, your body, when you slow down and can tune in and listen to it really like has this amazing power to guide you. And I think you know, for me, that got lost along the way, and I'm reconnecting to it and retrying to find it. So, yeah. Um, so that's my story. There's, you know, there's so much more in there. And if you have any questions, I'd be so happy to answer them. But I really want to take a moment and shout out each of my guests. So, Eric, Sam, Elisa, Nicole, Simone, um, Simon, Bruno, Mike, Garrett. Y'all were incredible this season. I, you know, I am so grateful to know you and to get to hear your stories. And I just can't wait to like see what you all end up doing. Um, I'm excited to see what I end up doing. And, you know, this wrap up of season two is like definitely a confirmation for me that I really like this. I think it's really important that we advocate for space in our lives where we can just explore, you know, movement and explore like how those emotions kind of connect and how movement helps us and serves us or, you know, how we can serve others like through our movement. And yeah, so um, wow, what an episode. (laughs) Um, So that is the end officially of season two. I am so thrilled. I hope that you all enjoyed and uh, 
you know, if you're listening to this, please take a second to like it, to like my podcast or share it with somebody um, that will really help me. And there will definitely be a season three. So keep following, subscribe, you know, do all those things. And um, I hope that you all can take some time to breathe and to connect to your bodies and get outside, go play, go run around or do whatever movement you like. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, until next season, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the What Moves Us podcast. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe for more, and check out my website at reinamovement.com, R-E-I-N-A movement.com. Thank you.